0: hi everyone welcome to another episode of before you take the lsat i'm your host doreen and today we are going to be talking to morty morty is it morty or mordechai what do you want me to call you
1: morty for prez mordechai morty (laughs) okay Uh, it depends where i am i have different (laughs) names
0: Okay, Morty. Okay, so quick, really brief intro. And then Morty for Prez, if you want to add anything to it, you're welcome to. But um, so Morty attended one of the top 10 law schools in the country. He went to NYU Law. He then worked at a top 10 law firm. So big law in the country. He worked at Gibson Dunn. Then he built, well, actually before that, he built a startup in college that was valued um, at 1.5 million. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and then in your free time, right, this is not your full-time gig, in your free time, you've also crafted a social media following with over 70 million views on TikTok and over 100K followers just on TikTok, but you're also on other platforms. So I guess my first question, well, welcome, first of all.
1: Thank you. That is the, that is a great intro. You know, I've never been introduced before. <laughs> Usually people say, okay, why don't you introduce yourself? But that was that was very well said. I, I you know, send that to my parents. It's great. <laughs>
0: Um, thanks. I'm glad. Okay. So, uh, first question is how do you balance it all and what drives you? I guess that's two questions, but how do you balance yeah, it Yeah, two all? questions. There we go.
1: First of all, I want to say thank you to Doreen for having me on her show. I, I, I followed her page before you take the LSAT and, you know, in, in, a, in a environment that there is a lot of gatekeeping and you'll have consultants want to charge you for every little thing. It's really nice to see someone like Doreen give out so much free content. So shout out to her. Um, by the way before the before the call, Doreen was texting me, and she asked me what comments. what questions were off limits?" and I said, none. so gloves off, we're yes. going all we're going deep here. so yes. uh, one question in terms of balancing it all, I don't think uh, you should balance it all exactly. Okay. I think some weeks you're gonna have weeks where you're really focused on your fitness and your health and you're going to bed early, and then you're gonna have some weeks where work is just firing off all cylinders, and there's certain opportunities that peaked its head out at certain times that you just have to jump on so I think if you just if you have a few things in your day that are constant. For example, every morning I'm gonna make my bed. Every morning I'm gonna bless up. If you follow my TikTok, I pray in the mornings. <laughs> uh, but there are certain there's certain things that I do that no matter what's happening, I'm gonna do those things. So have staples in your day and mm-hmm. then take the opportunity as it comes because you know time goes fast and you have to jump at things when 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 it peaks its head. So in terms of balance, I just try to do it all because Hey, I'm single. I'm a family yet, so this is the time to do it. <laughs> and then, in, in terms, in terms of drive and what motivates me, mm-hmm. I, I, have just always seen my grandparents, my parents work day in and day out. You know, the person that I'm named after, Mordechai, my late great grandfather, he, he came to America from Europe. And he couldn't get any jobs because he didn't speak English. And he also would, all, would not work on Sabbath, which is a religious observance for Jewish people. So he worked in a bakery for 15 hours a day. He walked an hour and a half each way. So I think if you're if you're looking at your situation, just look at people that came before you and say, how was their life? How hard did they work? So perhaps maybe my role is, isn't too bad after all.
0: I think that's really important. Is there an element of gratitude that I'm hearing in there? I feel like... That's exactly.
1: What... Exactly. Okay. I, I, people think I'm such a, you know, <laughs> funny. Real quick, during I was yeah. talking to a matchmaker the other day. She cold called me. A matchmaker cold called me, mm-hmm. and she goes, you know, I was talking, and I'm always myself. I don't care who I'm talking to. I'm always gonna be myself. And she goes, yeah. you know, I think a lot of girls, Mordecai, will be very turned off by your bombastic, overly confident attitude. Whoa. And I said, great. <laughs> I, said not, I said, not everyone's supposed to like me. So yeah. while she, she could have thought that I, I, you know, perhaps I may be overly confident, which I think everyone should be overly confident because that's what you need to accomplish anything great. Um, I do have a sense of gratitude towards everyone around me, my friends, my family, just getting up in the morning. You get up in the morning, enough of an excuse to do something good with your time.
0: Amen. Well, going back to your, uh, it was your grandfather that you were talking about that inspired you, right? Yeah. And, or yeah, great
1: so great grandfather yeah never met him but you never you know, met him. story yeah
0: um well i think one thing that i really like about your story is your chutzpah and i'm wondering if maybe you get a little bit of that from your great grandfather or you yeah know, but um hearing a little bit about your story and the way that you applied to law school and yeah. you were waitlisted for a lot of the law schools that you really wanted to go to nyu law was your top law school partially because your mom went there correct damn so-
1: okay doreen you're, like, you're really
0: good, okay <laughs> come prepared i don't Uh, want to waste anybody's time not the audience not yours but yeah so so yeah um i want to hear a little bit more about the chutzpah right like you had end of the story in your mind you said I am going to get into NYU law, whatever it takes. I just, I don't know how, how that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Like I'm already in, <laughs> I think that was your mindset, right? You were like, I'm already in. I just, they just, they don't know it yet. I know it. Right. It, so, exa-
1: <laughs> exactly. And during, by the way, you have a great smile during, so you should. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, that that probably helps you. Uh, so <laughs> having chutzpah, Doesn't you hurt. know, ma- manifesting is another way people like to put it. Yes. I wanted to go. Once I decided I was going to law school, I said, I won't have it any other way besides for NYU Law School. My mom went there and also a great role model for myself yeah. and every school waitlisted me. And I have no issue with saying that every school, even Fordham Law School, waitlisted me. Cardozo initially waitlisted me. Penn, Columbia, NYU, all waitlist. And I said, OK, great. You know, sometimes the best position to be in is when you have nothing to lose. So Amen. I was in these places where I had nothing to lose. And I was doing videography before it was cool. Like before everyone yeah. was dancing and, you know, getting all these likes on TikTok. I was always into videography. So one thing I did for all the schools, I was on a wait list, I made a video <laughs> where I was giving hey. I made a whole video to them talking about one of the charity, one of the charity pursuits I did while I was in college for Save a Child's Heart. That's another story. But we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for children from developing countries to get a heart heart treatment so i made a video discussing it how we promote the event how we sold tickets and who were helping and i sent to all the law schools no answer i was like all right you guys are playing hard to get then i i got valedictorian then i got valedictorian of of our of my class and i spoke at the graduation and i took the speech i made into snippets added subtitles added motivational music and i sent that also to the schools now another thing i did with nyu law school is i showed up once a month and I said, hey, and they're like, go away. And I was like, all right, I'll be back. So so I, I, I kept going and they said to me, they said, listen, Mor- Morty for Prez, if you don't have any questions, this is not an interview. You have to get out. I said, okay, it's fine. I'm just here to walk around. And I went once a month to NYU Law School until I was accepted. It, could that work for everyone? I don't know. But if you have nothing to lose, this is the one thing I'll tell you about a wait list. It's an oxymoron during, because if you wait, you will yes. never get off it.
0: Yes. You will never You're get off it. You're not supposed plate. to. Yeah. Anyway. Amen. Well, I mean, I think one thing to just say for that is there's an art to it, right? I'm sure that you knew when you can kind of push a little bit and when you had to pull back or else you yeah. could get really. Yeah. It could be a reason to, to not to get off the wait list in a, in a negative way, right? Like and not be accepted. So.
1: Yes. But law school admissions are so competitive nowadays. Yeah. Have nothing to lose if you're on a waitlist and I really mean that it's not that it's not the, how it used to be where you know 10 15 percent of the wait list got it got a an admittance letter I think it's probably much less nowadays there are more people than ever wanting to go to law school this is the most competitive landscape to apply to law school in human history I don't know if they had law schools in the times of the Aztecs but in the last 50 years, <laughs> This is by far the hardest time, which is, and I'm sure we'll get into it more when it comes to resume, application. Yeah. You need to go above and beyond if you want to get into top school. Why
0: don't we just talk about that now? I mean, I know something that you've said in the past, like you want people to, that's the advice, right? Is to go above and beyond. Um, and you've shared some of the things you've done, whether it's save a child's heart or it was starting that, um, the startup that you did. And that was something that set you apart. Um what are some pieces of advice that you would share for people who are in that position?
1: Definitely. a Great question. So if you go to your law school advisor at your college and say, how do I get into top school? They'll say, you GPA and you're outside and you also should be president of accounting club and yeah. play pick, pi- play pickleball. Put that. <laughs> pickleball. I don't want anyone in my circle playing pickleball. But that's a side point. And, and my dad bought a pickleball set. Sorry to call not. I said, please don't ask you to play pickleball. But anyway, they'll tell you be president of the clubs and mm-hmm. everyone applying to a top law school has everything I just mentioned and so much more. Yes. They have the great, G- you need the good GPA. You need the good LSAT. You need the good resume. You need a good cover, not cover letter, personal statement. You need all that. But you have to do something extraordinary. And that could be, I always say, first and foremost, volunteer service. It's something that's always been important to yeah. me is to give back in any way. And with the internet nowadays, you could start something in a day. If you want to do a – if there's a, an issue that you care about, you see what's happening in Ukraine, and you want to start a drive to raise money. So you make T-shirts, and you go out to Washington Square Park, and you sell them for $50, and you donate all the proceeds, and then you get written up in the news somewhere. And, oh, Doreen – helping Ukraine with t-shirts. I mean, this sounds funny, but you could do this. Yeah, I could do that in a week. I could literally do that in a week. Get it screen printed, go sell it, and then reach out to a bunch of publicists through LinkedIn and say, Hey, could you cover my story? And here you just have something really great on your resume that other people may not have. Mm -hmm. You should do it anyway, because you want to be a good person. But the point of the matter is you need to say, what is everyone else doing? So I should do that and more
0: right and it almost kind of goes back to what you were saying uh, with the matchmaker right if someone thinks that what you're doing is slightly different and some people might not like it well better maybe that's a good yeah. thing right that
1: was the weirdest call of my life with the matchmaker <laughs> it was so weird i was like how'd you get my number yeah <laughs> it was bizarre
0: yeah um so i think another thing i wanted to talk to you about is um you went from going like you you call yourself not such a great student or you weren't Right, yeah I,
1: I really wasn't i really right. wasn't
0: so you went from like 60 absences in your senior year right you were you were getting <laughs> how do you know that how do you <laughs> know that? i'm telling you already i'm not here to play around <laughs> so um yeah so you had you had this background where you weren't necessarily like the top student but in law school when it's really hard to be a top student especially at a top law school you were a top student right and you you know you killed it. So how do you go from having that background to becoming a top student at a top law school?
1: Oh, my gosh. So first of all, the ADD, ADHD, all these different uh, combinations of letters, I never will pay attention to it. I've yeah. had teachers tell me certain times yeah. that, hey, you know, when I was in high school, they called in my parents to tell to tell them that, you know, I have some sort of ADD and I, they should put me on something so I could focus. And my mom said, you got to do better teaching. And she walked <laughs> out. Yeah, she, she said, you got to do better teaching. <laughs> and but when I when I was in high school, I had such an inability to sit that I actually stood in the back of the class and walked back and forth. My teachers let me do that. And I think what people fail to realize is your brain is like any other muscle. So when I was playing basketball in high school and I played in college, but I got no playing time. I sucked. but anyway. I was good in high school. Everyone's good in high school. So, you know, you get on the basketball court and you're not gonna be able to dunk on the first day. You won't be able to make free throws on the first day, but you practice and practice and practice. And I think people expect such academic excellence from themselves at the outset without sitting there suffering. If you're in the gym, if you're not suffering while doing the push-ups, you're not gonna get a a bigger chest. So similarly with with your mind and your brain, uh, it was, I, I didn't, I wasn't a good student in high school and I was decent in college because I didn't care, it didn't matter. It's pretty easy just to get by nowadays. When it came to law school, I had no choice. I saw the students, I looked around and I said, Harvard, Yale, Columbia, Cornell, yeah. these kids camped out in the library and it was a necessity to, to buckle down. And when I first started, it was pain, to sit for 30 minutes, Doreen, was painful. No. And I know a lot of your listeners that are watching, they yeah. feel the same thing. you yeah. you grab for your phone, you'll look mm-hmm. around, you'll get up. And and I just I trained myself for it. Thirty minutes, I'd sit, and then I'd walk around. And then the next day, I did forty minutes, and then I'd walk around. There are a few things that people should do. For example, your phone cannot be on you. There is no way you could sit down and focus and study if your phone is next to you. Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, messages, Facebook. No one uses Facebook. You get the point. So it was. It's a slow development. It doesn't happen overnight. It was years where I said. Okay, I'm not a good student now, but sit down and read a little longer today. And the next day, I did a little bit longer. So for anyone that is struggling with their ability to focus, good. Everyone Mm. struggles with it. There is literally, there is nothing wrong with you. There would be something wrong with you if you enjoyed it right away. So every day, just try to get a little better. Don't beat yourself up. You're going to have great days of studying, and then you're going to have bad days of studying. But I went from not being able to sit in the back of a classroom in high school to now when I was studying for the bar exam, I was sitting down for – five, six hours in a row, no problem, and passing at 99th percentile. And it's not because I'm that book smart. I really – I wouldn't – I still wouldn't describe myself as that, but I've built up over time a, a tolerance and um, an ability to retain information. So if you suck at studying, good. Get better. You could get better. <laughs>
0: Um, going back to what you said a little bit earlier, and I think that's great advice. I think it's really important. I think the phone piece, especially, like you said, you put your phone in the locker. That's the way to do it. Like, you can't even have it in the same room as you. It's just too distracting. Yeah. And I yeah. thing you said, like, you go in, like, a spot where no one could see you. Like, there was a crevice in the stairwell. I think for me, that's also something that would have worked really well because I am so social that <laughs> I'll go to Starbucks, not know anybody, and end up talking to the person sitting yeah. right next to me. And it's just like, I can't. I can't even help it. So I, I can see, you know, depending on the, like, it's good to know your own tendencies and find ways to mitigate around it.
1: Yes, but, I agree.
0: Yeah. So, you, so you were saying earlier that you're a really confident person. So I'm curious if you ever had moments of imposter syndrome, because I know that that's really common for a lot of people who are in law school or in law. So curious how, if that manifested for you in any way. The, the whole first year okay so, I so, got, from you, so
1: let's hear literally, it literally the whole first year i mean when i i remember the first day i got in all these other students were in they got accepted a year before that i got off the wait list just a few months before and yeah. we were sitting around a round table and the first day in, in first year writing and professor rachel went around and said everyone introduce yourself and tell us what school you went to mm-hmm. he said oh my name is rachel and i went to harvard my name is jack and i went to cornell my name is uh, Rebecca and I went to Yale, and then I said, "My name is Morty, and I went to Yeshiva University." And and it's it's I love Yeshiva. It was a it was a great time, but it's not Yale and it's not Harvard. So, when I looked around the room, for those that don't know, law law school classes operate on a curve. So, there's only five A's that could go around. There's only ten A minuses. It doesn't matter how good your exam is. If there are people that are better than you, you're going to get a worse grade. And I remember during looking around my class for a full semester. And looking at each student, thinking, could I do better than that student? And I literally went person by person. I said, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I no. swear, I did this every class. I'm like, how What's the done? hell am I going to, how am I going to beat out these students? They're brilliant. When they just ask questions, it was, it was like a novel. So if you're, if you're in a situation that you are outmanned and outgunned, you're going to feel it as if you don't belong. That's a great place to be it's a great place to be uncomfortable it's a great place to feel inadequate that's not a bad feeling to have so I could say for a full semester the first semester for sure I felt extremely inadequate I was worried if I would fail I my brother was totally instrumental we lived together and he's, he's like my best friend and he went to Fordham Law School so he older. was telling me the whole he's older he's older And he's, he's just my best friend. And and he would tell me the whole time, like, dude, don't worry. You're going to do well. You're going to do well. I said, how? These kids are geniuses. He goes, no, they're not that smart. You got this. You got this. So, so after my first semester, my grades came in and they were, they were good. I mean, they, they weren't top of the class. I mean, they were pretty good. So after that, I felt as if I belonged. but imposter syndrome is, is something that everyone feels. And it's good to be in a place where, where you are outmatched because you will grow from that.
0: I mean, I don't know if everyone has that mindset though, right? Like if you have a growth mindset, you can think of the positives, but can you share a little bit more about how you were thinking about it, where imposter syndrome could be a good thing?
1: Yeah. So if you, you people say the term fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. which I think is, is a fallacy in that you are not faking it. You are mm-hmm. being true to yourself. You're believing in your abilities to say, I can compete at the same academic level as the Yale, Harvard's, Cornell's of the world, maybe I haven't shown it to myself yet. Maybe Mm -hmm. I haven't shown it to the world yet, but I know it's possible. So if you're in a place where everyone around you is seemingly better and smarter and more intelligent and more thorough, that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Also, a lot of people will put put a very brave front up. Yeah, You know, know, those people that come to class are like, I was up till 2 a.m. last (laughs) night. (laughs) And I did outlines and I did practice exams. That's not the person you have to worry about. You have to worry about the person in the back of the class that comes in a hoodie with the hat and just sits there like this. That's the person you got to worry about on exam day. So, you know, that's with everything in life. You you get into so many situations where you don't belong. When I was in college, I ran a nightlife app. I was I was that's your your research is a one. I, I I will always come on your podcast and, and, and and, and I was 18 years old. I was way (laughs) off from the drinking age and I was running events for a thousand people a night. So it just, you just have to put yourself in the situation and make it happen. And imposter syndrome, especially in law school, everyone, one thing that will really help you is keep in mind, everyone feels the same way. Everyone is freaking out. Everyone is stressed. Everyone is out of place. Some people show it. Some people don't.
0: Yeah, I always like to, I think of it as like, everyone's like a headless chicken. That's what I felt like. All the 1Ls were like headless chickens, trying to find out like what the other person's doing. But really, it's the 2Ls and 3Ls that know what's going on. So that was one thing that I found was useful is like, I wouldn't talk to 1Ls. I was just like, what are the 2Ls and 3Ls? know? let me talk to them.
1: More TAs, <laughs> TAs. TAs are your best
0: friends. TAs, that's true, yes. TAs, they know everything. Um, Morty, another thing, like what you just said, I think an important piece of it is also like, all of that is true but also you were also really willing to work hard so like you talked about how like you um you were at the library like from whatever i'm I'm assuming early in the day until like you were the last one to leave and even if you didn't have anything to study for at the end of the day it was like i'm still (laughs) the last person here so if i'm gonna sit here and watch a show then i'll sit here and watch a show but i think that that's really powerful right like sometimes it's just the act of like showing up and being there and Telling yourself, I'm going to do this and I'll do whatever it takes, even if I am not necessarily like, I don't have anything else to study, but I told myself I'll be the last one and it still means something to be the last one. So I think it's really important that at the end of the day, a lot of things you're saying, like, it's a lot of it is like mindset, but you also had the work ethic that worked with your mindset to go together and make it a reality. Okay, so I think one thing um, to slightly veer off on a different course, I'm curious if you set any intentions or goals for the for 2023, whether it's about law or beyond.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have a few. I have a few. I, I think okay. I, I would really like to learn Krav Maga.
0: Okay, nice. That's yeah. something
1: I'm trying. I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm also working on a really cool startup. I can't talk about it yet, but it is it is some sort of board game. And that's what I do on sundays and another thing i really want to get more involved in is charity work this year because over the last year and a half i think i've been really and rightfully so selfish in my endeavors and what i want to accomplish and this year i really want to use a platform that i built to shed light on certain places so for example one charity that i i know i'm going all in this this year is shabbat angels Start. have you heard of it yeah it was it started by uh my friend from college, Shauna Shariki. She actually hated me in college, but that's okay, we're past it. And, and and anyway, so so they deliver warm meals to Holocaust survivors before Shabbat. That's that's Friday night. And they also sit with them and sing and laugh and keep them company. So it's more than just food, it's also a light. So it's something that's beautiful to me. I already did a delivery, I wanna do more. So I would say those are two two points of emphasis for twenty twenty three.
0: Do you consciously think about, like, these are the different areas of my life that I want to focus on? And, like, maybe right now I'll work on this bucket and this bucket. Or, like, how do you think about it? Like, are you thinking about numbers? Like, this is how much I want to accomplish or this is what I want to do or this is how I want to spend my time?
1: Yeah, it's every second, honestly. I can't, My mind never shuts off. And
0: yeah, I can't, I can't help
1: it. That's I just, I guess, who I am. I mean, I'm thinking at every single moment about something I want to do this week. Like, when Sunday night hits, my whole week is planned. like like every every moment it's in my like i write it down i have it in my head where i'm going to be every single day every night when i'm what days i'm going to be filming what days i'm going to be working on other projects my i work in as an in-house counsel at a real estate development company so that takes up 90 percent of my day people think I don't work because i post on social media
0: yeah but i'm
1: you know i take my job extremely seriously because at the end of the day tiktok could disappear and then what are you left with so uh, I think when it comes to ideas and, and your goals, you have to actually obsess over it. Yeah. Like, if, if you're going against me on, on a, on a goal or a job position, I'm going to get it just because I can't stop thinking about it. I go to bed thinking about how I'm going to get it. I want to get this job. Okay, I'm going to make a pitch check. I'm going to contact them on LinkedIn. I'm going to show up to their office. How else do I get it? How's my resume? I mean, this stuff this that stuff consumes me, and it's actually exhausting, and I wish I could shut it off sometimes, which is why I started meditating. Supposedly that helps. But when it comes to your goals and what you want to do, it's really important to just obsess over over where you're going.
0: Okay, so speaking yeah. of, so you, so you brought up working in-house counsel in a real estate law firm. So before that, you were working in big law in real estate.
1: Yeah, yeah, Can you,
0: I mean, I mean, I've seen your TikToks. You've talked about pros and cons. I'm curious if you could tell me a little bit more and go a little bit more in depth about like, yeah. before you even started law school, right? Because a lot of people who watch this or listen to this are going to be pre-law. Mm. What are some things that would have been nice to know about Big Law? Because that's the dream for a lot of people. They want to go to a top law school because they want to go into Big Law. So, yeah. what would have been helpful for you to have known before you even started in that world?
1: Yeah, that's a great question about Big Law. You know, I don't, when it comes to Big Law and Gibson Dunn, ultimately I'm thankful that they gave me a chance. And anytime anyone bets on you in this world and gives you an opportunity, you have to be abundantly thankful. And never, and never turn your back. I, I think it was, it was a really hard time to enter any job
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it was during COVID, yes. everyone was in remote. And when you graduate from law school, maybe you know how to read Supreme Court cases and you know how to brief and you know how to drink alcohol, but you <laughs> surely don't know how to be a transactional attorney. And that's why the mentorship really comes into play. So I what I see on social media is people taking advice and life lessons from people above them and saying, oh, this person didn't like Big Law, so I'm not going to like Big Law. I really want to avoid that because we're all very different and timing really matters as well. So because Big Law didn't work for me, coming into the time where it was COVID and everyone was remote and there was no events and no dinners and no mentoring and no training and no in-office interaction, if I sit on this podcast, Doreen, and say, Big Law sucks,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm going to ruin that opportunity for someone that's behind me that will have a different experience because any job starting during during that the pandemic was really hard so it was remote the workers were really nice the the hours were immense it was like 15 14 15 hours a day it was very demanding and i really think i missed out not being in the office frankly and i think for for anyone that is looking for a job don't push yourself out of your comfort zone and don't work remotely don't it's not the future every single big company is calling back their employees if you didn't if during the good times yeah you could tell your employer i'm not coming in i'm working remotely but when the times get rough as you see now if you were working remotely at jp morgan facebook instagram you're you were you're gone now so Uh, yeah go ahead
0: sorry no i don't mean to interrupt No, no no
1: no go ahead no no please
0: i think i think there's there's like multiple aspects to that i think one is just looking at you and like your background a lot of I I can tell like right, obviously a big part for you is being social and you really yeah. would have taken advantage of being in the office. You would have talked to people, learned from people, like that's probably one of the best ways for you to learn is just talking to people and being around people. So I think especially for you and and also for me like i i was also remote for most of it and like i wish i could really? be in an office setting yeah i wish i could have been in an office setting and like i would have taken advantage of talking to my coworkers and i did like i would still make time for us to like grab lunch or or if there was ever an event i would go but i feel you like i and i also think it depends on the person's personality like you would have taken advantage of it probably at the top five percentile of anybody who would take advantage of going into the office. Right. You would have made those little moments, the elevator, the lunch, yeah, like yeah. seeing, right. So for you, especially, so I think that's one thing to kind of just distinguish, but I do agree with you that it's better to be in an office because of those interactions, especially if you're, if it's someone like you, but yeah. i also, I also want to push you a little bit more. What, what else do you think people should know before they, before they start law school? Because I think some of the things you're sharing about is... about
1: big law, about big yeah. law, or yeah, yeah, about big law. Well, you should know about big law is the firm matters and not the ranking. Okay, you know, the, people could get very caught up in top ten. I mean, I'm I'm that way. I I picked out a list of the top five real estate groups in the country, and I said these are my now my top five. Yeah, I think a really important thing for you or meaning you being you know pre-law or in law school, is you must find a place that loves you and that wants to train you and wants to make you into a great attorney. Even if that means maybe the office is not on Fifth Avenue with a view of, of the Hudson River, and maybe that means a $15,000 less pay, if you find a place that they really are investing in you and they okay. care about making you into a great attorney, that's going to pay off dividends. Also, we should know about big law, is There's a lot you could do, and this is something that you, you specialize in, aside for big law. I mean, yeah. what is big law even? Like, no one <laughs> even knows what it is. What is big law? It, it, Doreen, what is big law? I, I think I understand it, but I don't really understand it. It's basically just describes the biggest law firms in the country in the major cities with yeah. multiple offices that all pay the same. That's big law. So what, So there, there are so many boutique shops. There are startups. You could do consulting. You could do finance you could truly do anything. So people that are interested in going to law school for big law, good, go to big law. If you go stay there for two or three years, there's so many other avenues that you could pursue after that.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Actually, one of my professors said was giving that same advice. And he said, even if you spend six to eight months in a big law firm, it's still really good training. And it's good to have it on your resume. Um, yeah. And and I saw that from the like recruiting side, right? Like, some companies were looking for people to have big law on their resume, even if it was for a shorter period of time, like it made a difference to have that on on your resume. But, but again, going back to what you said, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. So even if you didn't have that experience, like people have all different types of backgrounds. So Um, I, I want to get into what you're doing now. So, um, in-house counsel, you've talked before about like what you think, what draws you to real estate in the first place, right? There's so many different elements of it. You, so like there's accounting, right. And you have a background, accounting, that's helpful. There's the creative element, so I want to hear a little bit about what you know, what how how you perceive, I guess, real estate law and why might why people might be drawn to it or good at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You keep dropping these small little facts on my life. It's I'm having so much fun. I'm just having so much fun. What I love most about real estate law is is the tangibility aspect. It's that you could work on a on a financing, or could work on a lease, or you could work work on a purchase and sale agreement, and then actually go to the property itself. Mm-hmm. That aspect, I really love. You could touch and feel your work in a way. I also love things aside for legal work. so i I truly love interior design. I love marketing. I love architecture. These are things that i I've done in the past, I'm not a professional in any in any realm, but working in real estate law, I can interact with other teams very often so i'm working very often with the finance team because when they're working on a term sheet term sheet for a loan i have to be familiar because when the loan agreements come in that's on my plate but also be able to see other other projects when you work in a business aside for instead of a law firm it's a pretty small family so for example, we just—I I led the renovation of a really small lobby space in one of our offices. So it's a small project, but yeah. I had the best time. We redid the whole thing. We redid the elevators, the floors. I'm learning about different types of tiles and woods and uh, lighting. And i researched how many watts should a light bulb have in a lobby. So, what I, I love the diversity of the work there, and I think anyone that is looking for for a job that has a lot of creativity in law, I think real estate you have to be extremely creative because every deal is different. Uh, you're dealing with, you know, real estate developers who have high demands and it's high heat and it's, it's a, in a way a drama sometimes. So the job for me has been unbelievable. I think Gibson and being in big law definitely prepared me in some ways. I would say, you know, being available, putting work first, being at, in a big law firm, they could contact you at midnight and say, let's go. And you got to be at your computer. So I'm, I'm, freaking loving this this new position
0: that's awesome i'm glad to hear yeah. that it's hard to find something that you truly enjoy another thing i'm curious about is so now that you've built this following and you've you know now that you're a lawyer you've been a big law you're an in-house counsel um you've had positions where you get to speak at schools and i'm really curious like what kinds of things you share with the audience and what your goal is when you speak at schools
1: Definitely. So I love speaking at schools. And Mm -hmm. the reason is when I was in college or high school and we'd have speakers that were 50 years old with families, they've been in the business for 30 years. Mm -hmm. They're giving me advice, but what could they tell me? They're so far ahead. I can't even relate. I like to listen to people that I can relate to. So I am just a few years ahead from the students that I go to speak to just a few. And I was in their position. I was truly nowhere in college. I was on the basketball team for a year that flaked out. Um and I worked on a startup and then that kind of was a little shaky so it, you know I could speak to them and say here's what I did do the same thing and, and I am a fan of hot takes I'm gonna tell you how I feel what I'm thinking so one of the things I say they always ask me how do you you know study tips how do I study well mm-hmm. so I say, by show of hands who, who hears who here smokes weed who here smokes weed and this is my so apparently this is controversial I posted this on my instagram and someone said well you don't know how it feels and you don't take it personally and it's it's also it is people that are our age i'm 26 i'm young yeah but but they there's no empathy to this 15 year olds that are alone they were they went through a really weird time they have their cell phones they have tiktok they have distractions all over the place just because you are solid and you have a good career because you're 25 and then you started smoking doesn't mean you could have done it when you were 15 16 years old i was on a podcast called the teen finance pod talking to these students in high school 50 to 60 percent of their class smokes weed i don't need to read any studies to tell you that weed destroys productivity weed destroys ambition weed destroys success and i don't care if i sound like an old head or I don't care if people say, "Oh, you're so close-minded." How could you say that? If you are smoking weed and I'm not smoking weed, I'm gonna win.
0: Okay, Morty, I'm oh. gonna push back. Can I push back? Yes. What? Well, and not about weed actually, but but couldn't you say something similar for drinking alcohol?
1: No, I, I don't think it's the same. And I yet, yeah, oh, pe- that's the first thing people say. <laughs> and and the reason being is alcohol. Yeah. It from what I see and from what I feel because uh-huh. I, I I've, course I partied in college and I still go out. I partied in college. (laughs) That sounds so um
0: I mean you had an app literally for partying so it makes sense. i I went out. I went out. You know
1: drinking alcohol punishes you. Yeah. So if you go out out and has five, ten shots of of tequila, they wake up the next morning, they feel like crap. They feel terrible. They go and you know the famous saying I'm never drinking again. I'm never oh my god, I feel terrible. Yeah. You could I see students waking up, smoking weed, going to lunch breaks, smoking weed, coming home for dinner and smoking weed, and yeah. they feel great the next morning, and they continue to do it. So, you know, just talking about the addictive effects of of weed compared to alcohol, and I'm not saying you should drink alcohol, and I'm not saying you should smoke weed. I, you know, people say, but alcohol is bad for you. I never told you to drink alcohol. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I mean, I'm I, 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 yeah, I've seen, I've seen. Many, many friends of mine lose their careers because they got hooked on weed. I've seen it. I've never seen it with alcohol ever. So I'm speaking based on personal experience. So that's one thing I tell students. Another thing is I tell them that being in college, you will never have more time than you have now and nothing matters and no one cares about your failures. So it's a tremendous opportunity to just try things. If it fails, you don't have any family to feed. No one's counting on you college is the time to just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks yeah try every idea try that startup start a clothing brand start an instagram page start a youtube account you do something because looking back you never want to say you know i had all that time in college and i didn't take advantage so that's another thing i tell them is seize the moment right now
0: Really good advice. And I will say for the record, I don't smoke weed. So I'm with you. I agree with you. I just, I, I don't say it to anyone. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't give that advice, but, but not, not that I don't agree with it, but I do. Okay, We're anyways. all different
1: people. We're all different people. I, I think someone's got to say it and
0: no one's going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I would just be afraid to offend too many people. That would be my honest reason why. <laughs> anyways. um, yeah. Yeah, No, no, go ahead. No, you When
1: I was younger, you, do you know, dare, do you remember dare? Yeah, There was a school program that would come and say, don't do drugs. And now if I say it, 10 yeah. years later, I'm a pariah. It's insane. Just because, <laughs> Just because society has gone in a certain direction doesn't mean that the yes. practices of that society are true and virtuous. Yeah. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's good. Just because it's widely used doesn't mean it's healthy and productive.
0: Okay. There's so much there and they were actually my questions that I wanted to ask you about, but there's so much there that yeah. I want to follow up on. So one other thing that you were talking about is you were saying like fail in, in college, people are not really paying attention. I agree with you. Like you should explore try different things. Um, and one thing that you mentioned is like, you said the best education you ever had was making that startup, which is wild, right? For if, if you look at it, just like. Yeah. So you went to a top law school spent all that money on that education but at the end of the day what really taught you the most was making the startup and I actually it makes perfect sense actually because you're testing the market like it's real feedback there's so much that you learn being hands-on so I want you to share a little bit about why you think everyone should start a startup at some point in their life or like what that looked like that that education was the best education you had out of everything you've done
1: Yeah, I think you should do a startup, even if it's a laundry business or Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be an app. The reason why a startup is such a fantastic learning experience is because no one is telling you what to do. And you have to figure it out with minimal resources. We had absolutely no money. We had no Mm -hmm. direction. It's a nightlife app called Lit. And what Lit did is on a map, it showed you the hottest venues in your area based off real-time user feedback. So our algorithms were taking the rating at Little Sisters Nightclub from the 100 people that were there and showing it on the party stats screen. So we started the app. I had no background in tech, in law, in marketing, in fundraising. And we had no money, zero. I mean, there was really, I, I, I had a little bit to start, but then I had to figure out how to raise money, how to create a pitch deck, how to create an app, how to market an app, um, how to manage a team. We had a team of eight people, including my co-founder, who's still one of my best friends to this date. We had 100 campus ambassadors. How do you incorporate the company? How do you trademark the name? How do you draft investors' documents? Um, How do you write the terms and conditions? Um, How do you get a lot of users with minimal funds? How do you convince someone that you're a good businessman and that they should sign up with your app? Because we went to a lot of nightlife venues to partner with us. How do you get the chutzpah? I went door to door. There was one time we wanted to get into this in Baltimore. Have you ever been to Baltimore? There's that big, beautiful area on the water. I have there's a hospitality company that is housed there, and we couldn't get a meeting. So we showed up. I looked on Google for someone in the marketing department, and I went to the security. I said, oh, I have a meeting with Linda. And they said, okay. Took our ideas. Went up in the elevator. I'm sitting there with my friend, Nick Cappazzoli. I have a video. I'll send it to you of us in the elevator. And we're like, what are we going to do when we get up? They came to <laughs> us. They, they said, who are you guys? I said, Linda, I don't have a meeting. I lied, but I need five minutes of your time. I mean, And she goes, Okay, and I pitched her the app. She loved the idea. We ended up working together. So, so when you're working at a startup, your back is against the wall at all times, and that's and as we you know throwing it back to being in law school and being very outmanned in terms of intelligence and being around such smart students. When you have a startup, you you are always at square one. You always have your back against the wall. You never know what's flying, and you just have to figure it out. And it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: Okay. So we talked about goals already, but one of yours is Morty for Prez, right? Which yeah. is probably, I'm imagining a couple, quite a few years out from now. Um, mm. What what would success look like for you in the next? Like, what, what do you envision for yourself before then? Before you even get to Morty for Prez?
1: You mean when I run for president?
0: No, before you even get to that point. Like, so that's one success marker for you is like running for Morty for Prez, right? And having that... Yeah. As part of your story but when you think about your future and how that would look like for you and you'd be happy and you feel like you've been successful what would that look like maybe like five or ten years out out.
1: yeah i i would actually urge people not to think like that and and here's why because you have enough on your plate today if you look at the week up ahead you it's probably pretty hard if you look (laughs) in the next month i mean there is so much that you need to accomplish in that month now you're talking years. If I go ahead, during I go, well, in five years I want to have a beautiful family. I want to have a big house. I want to have a car. I want to be a CEO of a company. And then in, all I could tell you is I'm going to run for president one day. Besides, besides that, besides that, I have too much happening right now to think yeah. in you that be- way. And, and I think the here and now is so important. And yes. don't why put pressure on yourself to say I want to. I want to be there in five or ten years. You want to be there now. I want to be there now. I want to have a. I want to be a great businessman right now. I want to have 10 million followers right now. I want to oh. have a successful startup right now. I want a great family right now, you know. So it, it's like I want it now. <laughs> so it will take time. But saying where are you going to be in five or 10 years? That's yeah. putting too much pressure on someone.
0: It is a lot of pressure. I think one way that like one way of thinking about it that could be helpful is like you were saying, you know, down the line, I'm eventually going to have a family or like I'm not going to be single. And then I have to worry about. other. (laughs) Hopefully
1: my mom doesn't watch it. She'll be like, he needs to be married now.
0: No, but, but if you think about it like that, then you're going to say, well, every Jewish mom is going to say that. Right. So, True. um, so she's amazing
1: though. She's she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to yes, my mom. So,
0: I mean, it could be helpful in terms of thinking like, okay, if that's something that I'm thinking about for the future, let me just take advantage of my time now. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Talking about your mom and we can, we can start wrapping up. I, I don't think there's that many questions that I had left, but yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: spe-
0: speaking about your mom, what's the best advice she's given you?
1: I mean, she's the most one of the most successful woman I know. She's a, a true feminist through and through. She ran her own law firm practice while she was raising us. She was there at all times and also kicking ass in business. So, And I think the yeah. best advice my mom has ever given me, and she gives me advice every day of my life. I mean, I go to her and ask her for advice on everything because she's a true genius and she has every right answer. She always tells me that, Morty, at the end of the day, all you have are your achievements, your degree, what you accomplished in your life, what you created. Everything else, experiences are great. Nights out are a lot of fun. But what are you really left with? And I think when she instilled that in me from a young age, I said to myself that I need to make sure that I achieve tangible things along the way, because at the end of the day, that's what I'm left with. That's what really does define you is is what did you accomplish while you had the ability to accomplish things. So that advice really really always sticks with me you you have to better yourself every day and she was always telling me every little thing your posture is not good you know your grades whatever she, she was always very open and and i think she would always say you have to improve every day in something and then my dad is a whole nother a set of lessons he's more of a, a yeah. yeah he he's he's more of a hard charger and he just does there's nothing that could deter him, and I think taking lessons from those two. And you could take it could be anyone watching. It could be your parents could give you great lessons, or it could be someone on TikTok, or you know, find someone that really speaks to you and 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 could motivate you and someone to emulate. Mentors are are really accessible. You could message them on LinkedIn, and say hi. I, you know, I don't have anyone. Could you mind mentoring me? You? You'd be surprised. I mean, I mentor, during hundreds yeah. of students a year. Seriously, I get on phone calls with people. I've never mm-hmm. met and I'll never meet before because it's important to me. And, and you'll find many people like that. So that's I would say the lessons for uh, that I've had over the years. And, you know, if you have good people around you, make sure you listen and you learn.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you're also really family oriented and learning lessons yeah. from the people around you. And you look up to the are you the youngest in your family?
1: Yeah, yeah, am.
0: <laughs> oh, and yeah. so both siblings are lawyers. Your mom's a lawyer. Is your dad also a lawyer?
1: No, he got left out. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he he got left out. He got left out. <laughs> He's businessman
0: um, of the family. He's is he the businessman of the family?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah. He knows more than every lawyer. I don't know. That's you know, you did to go to I mean, law school.
0: As a yeah, businessman, like you have to learn the law. I feel like there's no way around it,
1: it. Exactly, exactly.
0: Okay, well, I think if if there's anything I want people to take away from this, and I'm happy to hear also from you, but if there's anything I want people to take away from this, like a lot of my brand is like, look it's not easy because a lot of people don't share the harder parts right like part of my story is I started with the 148 ended up with 174 my parents are immigrants first generation no lawyers in the family like all of these things that I had to figure out along the way on my own so if I can do it right with a lot of humility you can do it too right like or like you know being so and I think part of your story of like yeah like I didn't start out as a student that this came naturally to like, I had to work really hard and, and you can tell, you can tell that you really do have the work ethic, the mindset, the motivation, the drive, like you worked really, really hard at this to get to where you are now. And I, and I think you've mentioned before, like when people call you a content creator, like it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. I worked so hard to get, don't call me like, this is what I do on my free time. I make extra yeah. money and it's decent, but like, this is not what I'm doing. Um, mm. full time. So I, that's one thing I hope people take away from this conversation is like, if we can do it and both of us had our other different struggles and we're being honest and transparent about it, then I hope people realize like, okay, if you put in, if, if you find a way to make it work for you, like there's a way, right? Yeah. Is is there anything else that you hope people take away or anything, any final thoughts you want to share with, with a lot of the students are a lot of people listening are pre-law. So anything you want to wow. share with us?
1: Well, first, I would say this is so fun, Doreen, and you're a fabulous interviewer, and I know you're going to take uh, before the LSAT. To... What would you say?
0: You're, you're easy to interview.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I think you're going to take before the LSAT to New Heights, and if a, a big news company comes across you, I bet one of them will pick you up one day. I'm just you know manifesting that. So this has been so fun. In, in terms of the takeaway, I would say for any young person, I get it. This is the hardest time to focus. and really to to sit down and study. There's so many distractions. They're throwing artificial intelligence your way and saying you're going to be replaced. Um, Phones, TikTok, social media. So I get it. This is as hard as it gets, which is the reality and you can't fight reality. So what I would say is as hard as it may be, you could differentiate yourself that much more. So every single day, just focus on one thing to improve on. Don't think so largely i need to get to harvard today take one step at a time be very proud of yourself every single day and look in the mirror and say i'm the freaking best Because because confidence will never hurt you confidence it is a lost art i didn't say cockiness because cockiness Uh is you don't treat people the way you want to be treated always treat people well but when you look in the mirror say i am capable of literally anything and you may fail a lot Nine times out of ten, when I work on something, I fail miserably. But here's the good news, Doreen: no one knows about those failures. They mm-hmm. see, oh, we got 10 YU Law School. I'm glad you didn't see what happened on the other nine schools, <laughs> but I got 10 YU. So, fail. If you get rejected, that's a good thing. That means you're shooting above your pay grade. Mm-hmm. Work every single day. And you have to be your biggest cheerleader every step of the way if you want to accomplish something great. So Doreen, it's been such a pleasure to be with you. We Thank have you. to talk offline because you're really That's cool and I want to be I, I want to be friends now. So <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> So anyway, so
0: and really like I really appreciate you being open and honest and sharing the the challenges along the way. And I've said this already a few times, but really your work ethic, your mindset, like all of those things, I don't think people realize like what you're doing in terms of like you're working full time, right. As in-house counsel, you're also building your board game and then you're also doing this content creation. It's so easy for people to pick at little things and like criticize, but I know it takes a lot to do all of those things that you're doing all at the same time. And you're also, you know, there's, there's just so many great things. So, and, and you're also hoping oh, right. to do a little bit more like volunteering and things like that. A so it's a fun.
1: lot of volunteer. Thank you so much. And, and that just reminds me, Doreen, was looking at my TikToks and she goes, you know, I see you get a lot of bad comments. Doesn't that hurt you? And I I was like, yeah, I guess I do. I guess I do. And I think when you get to a point in life where nothing other people say matters, meaning you shouldn't act a fool and just say nothing matters because certain people's opinions matter you know, your parents, maybe your teachers, your boss, their opinion matters. But once you could say, I'm going to do something, because that's what I want to do. That's what I'm good at. It doesn't matter how people look at me. When I started TikTok, people thought I was a freak, They're like you're videoing yourself, and you're putting it up on the internet. And now I'm getting invited to be on these great podcasts and speak at schools and getting flown out to Switzerland for conferences. So start somewhere, you're gonna look silly. That's okay. Just go ahead and do it. So during Thank you so much. I can't wait to see what you do with before you take the LSAT. I'll see you on like CBS News, like Good <laughs> Morning America, and this has been so fun.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing.